Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Carol Dean is a producer, as well as the author of The Art of Film Funding, second edition, and The Art of Manifesting, Creating Your Future. Her executive producer credits are BAM 6.6, Women Behind the Camera, Step Away from the Stone, American Chain Gang, and more on IMBD. Carol is an entrepreneur who created and ran a film business in Hollywood, New York City, and Chicago for 33 years. She sold it in 2001. She created the Roy Dean Film Grant in 1992 and has given over $2,500,000 in grants to independent filmmakers and helped to produce over 45 films. She's currently the president of From the Heart Productions, a 501c3 nonprofit, where she manages the grant and fiscal sponsorships for the nonprofit and she teaches intentional film funding with Tom Malloy through FromTheHeartProductions.com. And Carol, before we get into the science of getting rich, tell me about your classes on film funding. Oh, thanks, Claire. Well, what I want to say is that um, on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m., every other Saturday, uh, starting with this Saturday coming up, We talk about film funding. We talk about using your mind to create your future. Uh, And it's really a safe place for people to practice their pitch because there's three of us, my daughter, Carol Joyce, myself, and Breanne Price. She's brilliant. The three of us give you feedback on the pitch. And then anyone on the phone call is welcome to give feedback also because the most important thing is that, like Lily Tomlin says, we're all in this boat alone together so we need to support each other and we do that because a pitch is really your key to funding your pitch your proposal your budget those three things will get you the money and the confidence and your mindset so we talk about the essentials of film funding as well as practice the pitch Okay, great. And I understand that From the Heart was was the fiscal sponsor for I Am Evidence, which is now showing on HBO. Right. I'm so proud to get to work with the filmmakers. Um, That was a great film. Uh, And so for our sponsorship, we take short films, documentaries, features, and webisodes. And when you get under a nonprofit, it just saves the filmmaker from applying for a nonprofit status because they really need to be able to give their donors a tax write-off. And by using a nonprofit, it gives the donor the tax write-off as well as the assurance that someone is watching over the film and that the money is really being used for the film so they feel more confident. And a lot of grants demand that you have a nonprofit. Uh, as a sponsorship 
And there are a lot of other benefits that we give to physically sponsored films. And one is a crowdfunding program that we give free with our sponsorship. And uh, we have competitive fees. We're specialists in crowdfunding. We've been helping filmmakers create crowdfunding campaigns since 2011. So we really know how to help you get ready for the crowdfunding and have a successful campaign. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, where is all this on your website? Well, it's under uh, fiscal sponsorship is one of the main tabs. And then there's another uh, tab that people should look under. It's called resources because under that is crowdfunding. It's uh, how to use your mind to fund your film. It's a lot of articles and information uh, that will help you in the various forms of film funding. Okay, great. So thanks for sharing all that about From the Heart information. And uh, everyone can go to fromtheheartproductions.com and look all that up. And let's get to the main topic now, which is about Waddles. Tell us about Waddles and why you think his information is so important. Well, Claire, before the film The Secret or the book Think and Grow Rich, there was Wallace Waddles, and he was a serious man, and he wrote The Science of Getting Rich and other most important books about the power of your mind. Now, this was in the early 1900s. So I found this. I've loved him and his information for years, and I realized that that he was the forerunner in all of this. And I know Rhonda used his information when she made The Secret, and, and so did the author Think and Grow Rich. A lot of books have been written using his information and not giving him credit. So what we want to do is bring his information up and in, back into the consciousness. And, of course, I want to do this particularly for the filmmakers who are out there, because nowadays, a filmmaker not only has to raise the money to make the film, they have to raise the money to market the film because the distributors want them to walk in the door with a crowd behind them so the distributor knows who their market is and they take it from there or the person does their own distribution. But to get from here to there, you really need to recognize the power of your mind. So. Most of what I'm going to say today came directly from Wallace's book, The Science of Getting Rich. Okay. And when you think about the science of getting rich, how does getting rich support the power of your mind? Most people would think it would be the other way around. No, no, this is the key. And Wallace says that to fully make use of your creative powers, you need to be rich. And he's right, because really you can do so much to help other people when you're rich. And we all have the opportunity to be rich, so we really need to listen to what Wallace has to say so we can learn how to become rich. Yes. Well, you know, when you put it like that, it makes more sense. <laughs> and the, because the power of the mind will have the support to do what it's setting itself in the course to do. And first, I think that what we should do is, since we already did one class 
on this or one interview on this where it was part one. You did this on this show. Now this is part two. But would you recap a little bit about what we did in the first interview so that we can catch people up in case this is the first time they're listening? Sure, sure. Okay. Wallace wants us to understand that everything you see on Earth is made from one original substance, he called it. And he said this back in the early 1900s, way before we knew anything about the quantum field. He, uh, he was talking about a powerful energy that exists, and we know it now, but we're still learning how to master that. Quantum physics says it's true. It says that Claire, if you and I were sitting three feet apart, that the energy between us would be enough to boil all the oceans on Earth, that this energy is all around us, it's in space, and it's between all things. So to get rich, Wallace wants us to be able to see what we want is already existing in our daily lives. He says that you need to visualize your life with what you want as if you have it now, and the first principle in the science of getting rich <clears throat> is to understand that thought is the only power which can produce tangible riches. Thinking of something that you want as if you have it will produce it in physical form. Wallace says we live in a thought world, and everything in the world was created by thought, and, and we are a thinking center. And we can originate thought. So all physical forms that we fashion with our hands first have to exist in our thoughts. Right. And I also remember you saying that feelings are very important, too. Yes, very good. Feelings heighten your creation. When you think what you want and you surround your thought with feelings, you're heightening that manifestation. Whatever it is that you want to manifest, do it, feel it with joy, success, completion, excitement, any of those energies. Whatever fits with your vision, you want that energy along with it. Um, when you are the happiest, when you know you've done something right, when you win the lottery, Anything, any energy you have around you that feels happy and successful, that's the energy you want when you're visualizing. Right. Well, I, I do have uh, one little question, to, you know, that goes along with what you just said. You're talking about feeling here. If someone is in a place where it's not as easy for them to conjure up the feeling of feeling good about the vision that they want to create because perhaps they're in a bad place in their life at the time or they, um, they you know, might be recovering from uh, a trauma or something, but they want to turn it around and shift it and create better things in their lives. Is there anything that you would add to that that could help in that kind of circumstance? Yes, um, and I've I've done this before for myself when I was running three businesses and flying all over the country all the time. To keep focused, uh, sometimes I would record what I wanted to achieve and play it back to myself as if it really existed. 
all right? And uh, mm. so you could say, let's pretend that you were needed an editor. Then you might record yourself saying, I had the greatest time today working with my editor. That editor is the best thing I ever did. I got the right person. They love the film. They understand my vision. I'm very happy with what they're producing. I know this will be an award-winning film. This type of information. Or if you're ill, you have to say, I can see myself walking for two miles. I know it sounds impossible at the moment, but I feel it. I know I can do it. I'm going to walk all the way down to the end of the block that I live on and back. That is two miles. Something like that where you can... Create your vision and verbally say it and and say it in four or five different ways. So maybe your tape is uh, three or four minutes long. but And you can do that on your cell phones nowadays. You can tape something. And that's what I would do. I would just play it and, and uh, keep that vision going and particularly do it at night. Mm, okay, yes. And, you you know, you've also talked about at night when you go to sleep, Use your sleep time. Take your vision of what you want to bed with you and then feel into the vision and send this completed thought to the universe and to your subconscious. Right. Because the conscious mind is the creator of thought and the subconscious believes what the conscious tells it. So when you keep telling the subconscious, for example, that you are successful, you can start with something that easy. I am a successful filmmaker. I'm an award-winning filmmaker. The subconscious believes it, and then you start to act like you are successful, like you are an award winner, and you actually become successful and award-winning. And it's important to give up the idea of competing. This is a real important area because we all were taught, oh, my gosh, uh, you want to be the best, you've got to compete. Well, actually, no. It, what you want to do is move into the concept of creating. There's a different energy around creating than there is competing. When you're creating, you are part of this universal mind where we're all connected, and you're working and using all of our energies to help you. So Get into the creative consciousness uh, because Wallace says that what you want exists and so there's no shortage in supply. You're not going to take something away from anybody. There's enough for all of us. So think of yourself as a creator and live and work in that consciousness. Not You don't want to be in the consciousness of lack or competition. Well, there's some very basic techniques and uh, offerings to help create what a person wants and how to bring it into their lives. Would you talk about those? Uh, Right, right. Okay. Uh, uh, Let's start with Wallace says, do not be afraid to ask largely. Do not look upon poverty as part of the plan. Because it's not. That's not what the universe has in store for you. Wallace shared a story in his book of a poor man living in a rented house and having only what he earned from day to day. And 
the man decided that he would ask for a new rug on the floor of his best room because it was cold, and I think that the cold air was coming up through the floorboards. So he asked for the rug, and he asked for a new cold stove to heat the house. He did exactly what Wallace told him to do. He followed the instructions that we've been talking about, and he got these things in a few months, and then it dawned on him, wow, he thought, I didn't ask for enough. So he went through the house, and he planned on what he wanted, and holding this picture in his mind and living in what Wallace calls, quote, the certain way, unquote, he began moving towards what he wanted. Now he owns the house and is rebuilding it to his mental image. So you need to relate yourself to the formless intelligence in a harmonious way to bring you into perfect unity with the universe. First, you have to believe that there is an intelligent substance. And second, you believe that this substance gives you everything you desire. And third, you have to relate it to yourself by feeling of deep and profound gratitude. Really, because that... The soul that is always grateful lives in close touch with the universe and with God. And the mental attitude of gratitude draws your mind to a close touch with this source. And this is the source that blessings come from. Okay. You explained that so beautifully. So gratitude seems to beget more gratitude. It, it just, it, it's just a law, I suppose. And once you become grateful for what you have and send earnest and sincere thanks to the universe for what you have, more wonderful things can come into your life. That's what I hear you saying. Absolutely right. Principle three is gratitude. This leads your mind along the ways by which things will come is the way that he put it. In other words, it keeps you in close harmony with creative thought and prevents you from falling into competitive thought. You know, like, oh, Mary has this, or John won that grant, and I want to win that grant. Well, maybe there's a better grant for you for more money and where they support you more. So you, you have to always know that there is this law of gratitude, and it's absolutely necessary that you observe the law if you are to get the results that you want. Because the, the law of gratitude is a natural principle that is action and reaction, and they're always equal. So the outreaching of your thankful praise for what you've received should bring you an instantaneous movement towards you from the universe. Okay, I agree. I think that that makes perfect sense. And the moment you permit your mind to dwell with dissatisfaction, for example, upon things as they are, you begin to lose. So, and since we are part of the thinking substance, quote unquote, we have to realize that thinking substance always takes the form of that which we think about, right? So right. you want to keep your mind on, higher, on the higher side of life with thoughts on abundance and happiness and gratitude. Exactly, Claire, because the grateful mind is constantly fixed upon the best and it tends to become the best. And 
faith is born of gratitude. The grateful mind continually expects good things and expectations become faith. So you want to be grateful for every good thing that comes to you and give thanks continuously. Uh, I mean, you can be thankful for your car, for your bed, for your pillow, for your comforter. I mean, it's just little things we take for granted. I see so many videos of people living in Africa with nothing, and we, we're we always striving to have more and more, and yet we really live in abundance. So you can give thanks for all the little things that, are, that you have in your life. It's recognizing them and, and knowing how lucky you are, thanking the universe for what you have. And then you, your rewards will come back to you because your life's energy will increase and your respect for your fellow man will be enhanced. You know, there's a quote. Um, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that this quote now. You must have it before you can get it. And I think that many people fail to impress thinking substance because they themselves only have a vague concept of those things that they want to do or to have or to become. Would you agree? Oh, that's absolutely right. It is not enough that you should have a general desire for wealth. Everybody has that. What you want to do is impress your thoughts on substance. Remember that it must be done by a coherent statement, and you must know what you want and be definite because you can never get rich or start the creative power into action by sending out unformed longings and vague desires, or I want a million dollars someday, I want to see that film finished. No, that's vague, and and it is not going to happen. It's up to you to see the vision, feel it, be grateful for what you have, and constantly live in the belief that what you want already exists. Now, even even um, Wallace says that this is one of the hardest things in the world to do, to train your mind to believe something that isn't there, but you believe that it is there, and it is there. Eventually, it be, and it's a shock when you get it. You know, One time, I when I was running my company, I had a good friend who was a, a brilliant engineer, and I had a piece of equipment, and we started playing around with it. And I said, you know what, I bet this machine could do this and this. And he said, you know, I think it could. So he built that machine, and we decided to sell it. I, I did the sales. He did the design, and we had the machines built. And so we went to the National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, and we sold it. And we knew that it would be stolen because such a good idea. And it was. Of course, Sony picked it up, built it into a new machine, charged more for the machine. But we, I figured that we had three years, and we actually had four. At the end of the third year, I, I said to the universe, all right, I want $40,000 in the end of that account. At the end of the year, I want to see $40,000. That's because it's the end of this machine, and that's my profit. Well, I didn't get it, and I was shocked. What did I do? What did I do? And then the next year, at the same time, that account had $40,000 in it. Uh, I didn't put a date on it, Claire. You know, I said at the end of the huh. year. Oh. And, 
And it came through okay. the following year. Of course, it came through from my receivables and money that I had outstanding and all this stuff. I mean, if you want to look at the logic, but I probably could have had that 40 a year earlier had I put the right, had I had an end date. See, so I always like to tie my visions to a date, like mm-hmm. a, a time frame, perhaps. Yes. So, oh, for example, okay. if you're working on something for this year and you, you figure you could get it done by Halloween, see yourself getting dressed for Halloween, going to a great party, and saying to yourself, congratulations, that which you ask for actually exists. And put that time limit. And 2018, look what new things they have in 2018. It's Halloween. And then you uh, that's the date that you're celebrating what you have received. That helps. But you have to go over okay. your desires, just like the man I described went over his house. You have to see what you want. You have to get a clear mental picture as if, as just like you want it to look like when you get it. And the clear mental picture has to be continuously in your mind. Uh, I'll quote Wallace. He says, as the sailor has in his mind the port towards which he is sailing the ship. So in other words, it's your destination. Have your destination in mind and spend as much of your leisure time as possible in contemplating your picture. The clearer your picture and the more you dwell on it, the stronger your desire will be. And the stronger your desire the easier it will be to hold your mind fixed upon this picture of what you want. Then behind the clear vision must be the purpose to realize that you have to see the things you want as if they're truly around you all the time. Actually see yourself using them. Dwell on the mental picture so it is clear, and then take the attitude of ownership. That is you. That it is your life. And Remember your gratitude. Be thankful for what you're visualizing as if you've already possessed it. Okay. So it's not really about the words. What I hear you saying is you do not make this impression by repeating a string of words. You make it by holding the vision with unshakable purpose to get it and your unrelenting faith that it belongs to you. That, that really has a lot of meaning there. Yes, we're back to my favorite thing, daydreaming. Didn't you daydream as a kid, right? Yes. Well, that's creating, you know. That's when you create your future, your daydreaming time. And so I say to filmmakers, give yourself 15 minutes a day, all your own time, no cell phones, no people, nothing, just daydream. And go to the end result. See your picture, your film at Raleigh Studios or some, or at your favorite screening room in your own town. And you're seeing a packed crowd. You hear the applause at the end of the film, and you are so well received. They loved your film, and everybody is saying, "My gosh, what is an award-winning film!" Go to the end, see it, feel it, know it. And that's that's holding that vision in your mind. So it's the vision, the feelings, the gratitude, 
because we are powerful beings and we can create. Look at Spielberg. You know how he got that film, Amblin? It was his first film. Uh, no, no, had, tell me. He got to know the guy who ran the projection booth at Universal, and uh, and he, I don't know how, but he convinced him to run his short film. Immediately after he ran some dailies for a group of acquisition people or top producers at Universal. So it was bang, bang. They were sitting there watching something, and they turned to discuss it, and wham, they had uh, his film on the screen, and they turned and watched that. And they said, who, where did this come from? Who's this guy? He's not a bad filmmaker. And that, that plus his sneaking on the lot and setting up his own office in a closet or something. I've heard a lot of stories about that one. And finally got himself his own phone. <laughs> and then he, that's how he did it. Now that's holding a vision. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Unshakable purpose there for sure. Yeah. It's the faith and the purpose and the use of the imagination. That's what uh, we're going to cover more when we do the next show, Claire, on part three. That'll be the finals of the science of getting rich. Okay, great. Now, uh, just uh, remind us again how, uh, how you can be reached if anybody's interested in uh, the grant or any of your classes and, of course, um, your website address. Just uh, give that one more time, please. Sure. It's info at fromtheheartproductions.com. And we do have a grant that's closing April 30th, and the next one closes June 30th and then September 30th. Um, All of the information about the total dollar amount and the goods and services that go with our grant, it's all on our website, at fromtheheartproductions.com, you can look under grants. And we have a new cannabis grant that we've started uh, for people who are making films about the healing properties of cannabis. And it's that's on there, too. The cannabis grant has its own special place. And then we have uh, the intentional filmmaking class Tom and I teach. So you can check that out under resources, and there's tons of information under the resources section for you on film funding. But it's really important to recognize that you are a creator, that you can create your future. Absolutely. Always a good reminder there. So once again, that's fromtheheartproductions.com. And we will be doing part three of this series on Wallace Waddles, creating your future for, and, and, and creating uh, the life that you would dream of as well. So, all right. Exactly. Well, Carol, thank you again. Always a joy to be learning about the things that, that you have passion in your heart about. Thank you, Claire. It's a pleasure to work with you. Thanks for your support. Okay. All right. Well, be well, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. 
Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. <laughs>